0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast. I'm your host, David Altizer, here with...
1: Connor McCaskill.
0: <laughs> and you are uh, back in town. That's right. I'm All the back. way from California, San Diego.
1: That's right. The old San Diego. My favorite, I think my favorite city in California, actually, is San Diego. I love San Diego. Such a great place.
0: By the way, I'm, I'm vibing to this new uh, intro music we got today.
1: Yeah, you'll have to let us know, guys, if you like this music or don't. Uh, We do not have the rights to use the previous song anymore, at least (laughs) right now. So we're trying a different music. We're mixing it up. Uh, If you like this one, great. If you don't, we'll find something else. It's okay. We're not mad.
0: Yeah. It's got some nice elevator. uh, Yeah.
1: This is the uh, Golden Hour main office uh, elevator music. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Exactly. So... Connor, tell me about your trip. You you just got back from Sony Camera Camp.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got invited to Sony Camera Camp somehow. I don't know. I think it's just because <laughs> I think you it's just because on I'm on. Sony? <laughs> I for legal reasons I cannot say. Um, but this is being recorded on a Canon R six Mark II. If uh-huh. that gives you any sort of clue. Um, yeah, th- for some reason they keep inviting me. I think it's because I'm on some list. And they just haven't paid some guy to take me off of that list. Uh, but I'll happily go if they want to pay for me to fly out to San Diego and hang out with a bunch of my friends and try out a new camera. So, yeah, spoilers. I did get to try out the brand new Sony ZV-E1.
0: Yeah, I definitely want to get to all that. It's a camera that we've been talking about for weeks now, ever since the rumors came out. Yeah. But tell me about the trip. What were some of the highlights uh, on the trip? What were some of were the, there any funny moments or? funny occurrences with all these crazy creators out there?
1: Yeah, there's one that comes to mind. Um, I did hang out a lot with Armando Ferreira, good friend of mine, used to work with him back in the California days. And um, him, myself, Brandon Washington, another good friend, and Dici, another good friend, uh, we were all in Armando's Tesla. And apparently, Dici had never tried out uh the tesla autopilot she has one she has a tesla she just not used the autopilot or she doesn't have it i don't really know okay <laughs> um so of course armando being armando classic armando he kind of wanted to show off a little bit he's like oh well i have it and you know blah blah, blah. we'll use it to get to james coffee co because we all hopped in his car and we were going to go hit up the town because it was raining and, and more to that uh, it was raining the whole time we were there it's crazy in california weird but yeah, Armando wanted to show it off. So he's like, well, we'll pop it into autopilot and we'll take it all the way to James Coffee from the place we are staying at. And uh, he, he puts it into whatever he does, the little click, click, dook, dook. And um, it's already rough just from the beginning. The car was like jerking forward. It was in a parking lot. And it just for some reason couldn't decide how to leave the parking lot. So it would just like inch forward, stop, check its surroundings, inch forward, stop, <laughs> check its surroundings again and again and again. And was like, I'm going to give it a little juice. So, he gives a juice. Eventually, we get our way out of the parking lot. We're like, okay, maybe that was just a fluke. He didn't know how to navigate this. No big deal. So, we start driving. And it's a little aggressive. It's making choices and changing lanes in a way that was a little jerky. Uh, not exactly smooth, Elon. Okay, fix that. <laughs> um, and uh, sure enough, we get to the point where on the highway and we need to get off to get to where we're going and uh, we're in the far left lane and we need to be in the right lane in order to exit and we're like okay we got like 0.5 miles left is it gonna shift over um and it just didn't it didn't it never went to the right lane (laughs) to get off and we passed the exit and then when the tesla realized that we passed the exit then it really freaked out and started just kind of like doing stuff and then armando was like okay that's it i'm taking over And i was like thank god um, cause he was like, I'm going to let it do whatever, no matter what it does, we're doing it, you know? And then, uh, yeah. and We're
0: going to make it happen. It's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the whole Was Sarah like freaking out the whole time in the back or what?
1: Um, I mean, she, no, she, she kept her composure, but it was definitely, I think all of us, uh, Brandon and I were in the back seat. Sarah was in the front seat. And I think all of us were pretty uneasy to be honest. <laughs> I mean, like. Yeah. Yeah, and that not apparently apparently and I I don't know how this works exactly but um the Teslas at least the Model 3 and the Model Y have shifted from a lidar-based detection system, you know, where it like shoots out lasers and then it can like see where things are through like I don't know, I'll call it echolocation but it's not sound, but that's the analogy I'm going to use here. Uh, yeah. uh so that's how it's able to see. Apparently, not anymore. Um, Apparently, they shifted it to a vision-based thing. So, it's just cameras now. It's not LiDAR. Okay. Um, And supposedly, it's like like contrast-based autofocus versus phase-detect autofocus. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's just not as good, no matter what they claim, right? No matter what Panasonic claims about contrast-based autofocus. And eventually, they switched back to phase-detect. Great job. Uh, Same thing with apparently Tesla's uh, vision-based, just not as good.
0: It's a okay. little dangerous. So you did get there safely, but it was because Armando took over.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Big time.
0: <laughs> and by the way, is that a new hat that you're sporting today?
1: Yeah, it is. It's uh. well, speak of the devil. It's from the it's from that coffee shop that we went to.
0: I like it. And it's it's a dad hat. Uh, I know. Style, yeah. Which is the way that I like my hats. So I like seeing that on you. It looks good.
1: Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I normally go with the uh, mesh backs, but the I like, Army uh, Green
0: is nice, too. I like that.
1: Yeah, I like the color a lot. I I was going to buy a shirt. Every time I'm in San Diego, I go to that place and I try to get something just because I like it a lot.
0: That's the place that uh, Peter McKinnon kind of collaborates with. Is that right? Yeah, I think...
1: I don't know if he co-owns it or not, but he's definitely very involved. Yeah, Yeah. and they're they're based in San Diego. I think they got three locations, but there's only one worth going to.
0: (laughs) Is there like a a mural of his... Glorious face on the wall when you Oh, here.
1: yeah, just, just everywhere. No, uh, actually, no. There's just a bunch of owls like this uh-huh. one, um, if Isn't you're watching the video. A- that's the that's the logo of the coffee shop. It, and um, the ones that are collaborating with Peter specifically is an owl, but then there's a, a Canada maple leaf in the center. Oh, gotcha. So if you see that, if you see the owl with the maple leaf, then you know it's a direct collaboration. So there's like a coffee bag called called Golden Hour. Maybe we should get sponsored. Uh, it's called should. Golden Hour Coffee. Uh, I should have bought some. I didn't think to. Um, not thinking straight. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's one of the collaborated uh, things, I believe.
0: That's awesome. Well, I've got uh, pulled up right here a photo that Jenna uh, posted from Camera Camp. All the amazing creators
1: yeah. that were yep. there. And I'm way in the left over there with my hands up next to Armando, Brandon, and Potato Jet.
0: Yeah, do you have yeah. some some quality time with uh, with the old jet, the old potato?
1: Not really. He showed up late. Um, and he was in
0: I, California, so it's
1: yeah. Broke down. A few people showed up late. Sydney Diangson also showed up late. Um, he had a good reason. It was his wife's birthday. Happy birthday.
0: Uh, fair. Yeah.
1: Very. Well, fair very. Valid. Very fair. And uh, yeah. So I, I did say hi to him. Um, a Ato- uh, kitty atola visuals. She was there. Which is cool. Yeah, we haven't, I haven't seen, seen
0: her. her for a long time.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen her in a long time. And uh, good old,
0: good old boy Jevin over here in the yeah. middle.
1: Jevin Dovey, um, what a lad! I also didn't spend too much time with Jevin. I did see him a bit, but he was. We were all kind of off doing our own things.
0: Well, it looks like a ton of fun, and I know that Justine posted a tweet saying we're going to try our best to try to include as many creators as we can next year. It was a bit of a limited. Uh, amount of people that they could bring this year. Apparently, I mean, it's very expensive to fly all these people out. Obviously, but um, it is all for a good reason because all these people that they picked to come out are YouTubers and they use cameras well, similar and
1: TikTokers. TikTokers. Oh,
0: there were some TikTokers <laughs> there too.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, Instagram Reelers. I guess we we'll okay. call them Reelers. I don't know. <laughs> Did what
0: you, you meet anybody brand new uh, that that are in those career? paths or anything like that
1: uh no i don't meet people dave i just stand i just stand (laughs) off to myself as an introvert and uh i saw them they were over there and some of them were over there it's like that's really neat i'm gonna go hang out with the people i know
0: (laughs) i guess that's what happens when i'm not with you huh
1: (laughs) yeah i only know everyone i know because you you went and shook their hand you're like hey i'm dave wow oh wow oh hi nice to meet you and then you're like oh and this is connor and i'm like mm.
0: have you met connor <laughs> yeah
1: exactly and i'm like hey how we doing
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey invite me to camera camp next year uh yeah. and I'll, I'll be your uh, i'll be your wingman there you go um,
1: that's what i'll say i said i can i bring my shooter
0: <laughs> <laughs> bring my shooter dave yes. yeah that'd be hilarious i was thinking about making a video Titled, I snuck into Sony camera camp, but it didn't happen. For I good like that, would,
1: that could have been funny. That could have been funny.
0: It could have been funny. I'm, I'm sure it would have been pretty chill. I don't think anybody would get angry about it. Um, but uh, to be fair, my kids got sick and Laura was feeling really sick as well. My wife. So and I had a lot of work to do. So very, you know, valid reasons to stay home and family first, like, always family first. Yeah, totally fine. And I'm going to see a lot of those guys anyways at NAB, which if you're listening to this and you haven't booked your tickets yet, I mean, we are only two weeks away from NAB, but you could technically, if you listen to this soon enough, I am dating the podcast right now. But if you listen to this right now and you haven't thought about, or if you've been thinking about it, but you haven't booked your tickets yet, you can still buy a plane ticket and probably find an Airbnb or something out there. Very worth your, your while. In my opinion, if you're involved in this industry at all, It may not seem like uh, the right thing to do if you're just like, oh, I just do video stuff. Like, isn't that convention just full of like radio and broadcast and television stuff? It's like, yes, but there's a huge section of stuff that's all for us, all the camera gear, all the drones. Um, And it's a place for kind of everybody to meet each other and to hang out. So if you're going and you're listening to this podcast, please reach out to me on Twitter. Shoot me a message. I've got open DMs. Hit me up. Uh, at David Altizer Y T for YouTube. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, just hit me up. Let me know. You'll be there. I'd love to meet you. Seriously. Same for Connor. I'm, I'm speaking for Connor.
1: Yeah. I'll be next Uh, to Dave. So if you say hi to Dave, (laughs) uh, he'll, um, he'll introduce me as, Oh, and this is Connor and I'll be like, "Yeah." yeah.
0: And, uh, I guess I'll kind of announce it here. I'm still working out the details with Lucas, but I will be kind of hosting some of the interviews on the couch at Condor and I, th- I think with Connor as well. So um, those details aren't worked out fully yet. Yeah, clearly,
1: because uh, I didn't know about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned it to you uh, about a week ago, but the details aren't uh, finalized. And by yeah. the way, Connor, you, you have the complete freedom to uh, to void that request, I personally would love to do it. I love. I, to
1: I, I will. Uh, I will maybe do one or two, but then after that, <laughs> I think I'll hit my um on stage capacity.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so come by the Condor Blue Cage. Our good friend Lucas, who owns that company, and a lot of our friends who work there. Amazing, amazing people. High is, that what
1: uh, is that what they're calling it? The Condor Blue Cage. Their booth.
0: Did I say? <laughs> Yeah, I'm so used to saying Condor Blue Cage. Uh, yeah. No, uh, the Condor Blue Booth mm. uh, is what I meant to say. Yeah. Um, while we're on that topic of Condor Blue, which, by the way, if you're not familiar with them, they make great accessories. And the thing that I love about them is that they are kind of an American company, though they do, you know, build their things in China in terms of manufacturing. Uh, they <laughs> are not like Small Rig or Tilta or these other companies that are based overseas. They are here in America. They're true blooded, uh, you know, homegrown owners, homegrown in California, good friends yeah. of ours. Lucas is the owner and he is a fabulous, fabulous person, a wonderful father, wonderful friend of ours. And I highly recommend buying stuff from them and also giving them any suggestions too. That's the great thing about them is they, they listen to uh, user requests. So if there's any type of accessory or camera cage uh, that you want, if you were to like send them an email, they probably would even consider making a product for you. But um, that's a good segue into the, the cage that you're going to use uh, this week. Right. And by the way, we are going to get to the Sony camera. Yeah. We'll get to the Sony camera. I'm just okay. on the pants on. Okay. We'll get there. <laughs> um
1: yeah well first off i'll say i saw lucas at uh sony camera camp he was there uh he was yeah. the i guess because um I, it was a event with i justine and jenna Azarek uh and sony so it was a collaborative thing between them two and condor blue and i justine uh also have collaborated and they have a product and you can buy pink cables in case you want pink cables um so go check those out, but um, yeah, Lucas was actually there as long uh, along with uh, Hobie. Hobie's one of the employees at Condor Blue, and uh, got to hang out with them, which was great. And while I was there, they are letting me borrow. They gave me while I was there a ultimate rig for my Canon R six Mark II, uh, because uh. typically for most of the stuff I shoot, I don't really need a cage system. Like their top handles are great, and I would use those or. Their quick releases are really cool, or their cables are great, but I don't normally need a cage for yeah. just like a solo youtube stuff
0: I've got it pulled up here. this is the it, it took me to the r five c when I clicked on the r six but it um i think
1: it's i think it's universal between the r R5, five the r five c the r
0: six cool and let me ask you this before you continue. Did you okay. get the space gray
1: or the black i believe um I believe they gave me the space gray one
0: nice. Okay, well, you know how you and I both uh, though we love Condor blue, we feel sometimes the space gray clashes with the black. so
1: <laughs> yeah, they do make everything
0: yeah. in black usually. Um, well, that's awkward. that's
1: new uh, they used to only make space gray, but again, they listened to feedback. They had enough people send them emails and they were like, "Hey, we'd really love to see a black variant and they yeah. and they made it, which is great. So
0: cool. okay, so you're gonna use the use the old the old rig here.
1: Yeah, because the idea
0: was is we
1: are going to be shooting on R5s and R6 Mark II, like mine. And uh, we are going to be using easy rigs, and we wanted to weigh down the camera so it had a heavier feel, um, because these cameras are really lightweight. So we're going to rig them up with the ultimate rig, throw a V-mount battery on it, uh, just to give it that denser, heavier feel, and then also use the easy rig so we're not killing ourselves holding that thing all day. And it's yeah, like, I think it's just two or three days that we'll be there. It'll be long days, but it'll be quick.
0: Cool. And you're leaving tomorrow, right? For that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I fly out tomorrow. So we're recording this the night before. Uh, busy, busy, busy. Just got back from San Diego recording yeah. this and then, uh, then shooting off to, uh, I'll be in
0: Dallas. And then did you know that I'm going to be in San Diego on Thursday, Friday, Saturday with the Jim Cook job as well?
1: <laughs> oh, did he, he hit you up about that?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Nice. That's so awesome. Yeah. I don't know
0: the details and I don't know if I'm allowed to share any of the details, but, um, okay. I do know, later. I do know that I'm only shooting on a mobile device, which will be interesting to only shoot mobile. So we'll see, we'll see what that's about. Um, okay, so let's get to the meat of today's episode, which many of you guys are probably anticipating, which is Connor's kind of firsthand impression and firsthand review of the new Sony ZV E1. I personally have a lot of questions to ask Connor, you know, cause I haven't held one or used one yet. I've watched a bunch of the reviews. I think of course, as always, Gerald undone is kind of one of the first places to begin. Whenever yeah, you're I, I watched his review camera, <laughs> while I it, was there <laughs> with him sitting next to Yeah, him. He <laughs> was
1: like 20 feet away and I'm sitting there watching his video just cause Taking like, notes. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I could ask him or I could just watch his video.
0: So, let's just say some of the things that we uh, got right. Okay. I, I want to just acknowledge the, the kind of uh, rumors that, that the rumor sites kind of said, and then some of the things that we kind of speculated. So one of the things that, that I think I said, and that the rumor site said was that this camera would not have a mechanical shutter, which that turned out to be true. It does not have a mechanical shutter. Right. I also said it would not have IBIS. I was wrong. It has IBIS. It does have IBIS. It has um,
1: some... Oh, we'll get into that. Keep going.
0: We thought it would be, what, $2,500, but thought it should be closer to the $2,000 range to compete with the uh, Panasonic. And that turned out to be more true than we thought. Uh, I
1: have a, maybe a scoop on that. Okay. Um. So, so it, it its at twenty one ninety eight I heard from people that I won't say who that the camera before it released was gonna be three grand. Whoo, okay. um, which was the price that I predicted actually um yeah, but then, um, and you know, I can't confirm whether that was necessarily true or not. It's just what I heard um and then apparently enough people were saying kind of like that's ridiculous
0: yeah especially because the a7s3 is only 500 dollars more
1: exactly so um i I guess i mean i asked one of the sony reps i said how flexible is the price up until release and they said it can change up to the day of release so it just depends so rumor has it that it was going to be more expensive and then they pulled it all the way back down to what ended up being 2200 bucks which yep. I think is a fair price, very fair price for what you're getting.
0: They're still they're still kind of claiming, you know, hey, we are the top dogs. We're going to go ahead and charge two hundred dollars more because we can compared to Panasonic. We're not competing with Panasonic; they're competing with us. Is what this statement is. It's like, look, you you know, you want this one.
1: <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, because we have better lenses and some better software features and and whatnot, but. Um, but we can, uh, we can talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, a bit. So, and then, um, I think that's pretty much, and then, uh, you know, obviously the rumors said it was going to be a 12 megapixel A7S sensor inside, which that was true. Uh, the rumors said that there would be no EVF, uh, which that is true. And the leaked photos were correct. Uh, it has that cheap plasticky body similar to the ZVE 10 So, um, so what is the camera to just give us the nutshell, Connor? Give us the the kind of baseline specs, the things that we need to know. Um, we kind of covered some of the rumors that we got right and wrong, but what are the actual specs? This thing is here. You've used it. Tell mm-hmm. us about it.
1: Okay, so think of it this way: you got the you got the body of the A7C, right? So very small, uh, not super duper small, but definitely very small. And you got the sensor of the FX6. I mean, if you want to jump to the highest dog, right? It's FX3 <laughs> sensor, but it's the same thing all, the, all across the board. And you, yeah. and you marry those together. And now you have a 4K 120p vlogging machine. Um, that's essentially what they're advertising this for. This is made for content creators, online content creators um, at its core. You do get a pretty decent, actually, internal microphone, which is cool. Like, a lot of times, internal microphones kind of suck. And they actually put a decent one in there, which has a unique feature where it'll detect whether or not you're in front of the camera, behind the camera, or maybe you need both. It'll isolate the audio in any direction that you need, which is pretty cool. It's also a 10-bit 422 sensor, which is great. Um, So Basically, it feels like this camera, they're not really compromising too much of anything. Uh, for the price that you're getting, which is pretty exciting. The only thing that is truly missing, in my opinion, that I would want as a content creator, content creator, is I I miss the EVF. The whole time I was using it, I was like, man, I wish this thing had an EVF. Because Mm. when we were shooting outside, even though it was cloudy, I was having trouble seeing the screen, even at max brightness, which was a bit of a downer for me. Yeah. A lot of people don't care about the EVF. I was talking to a few different creators there and they're like yeah I never use EVFs who cares. Armando being one of them, he loves the FX3. Um but for me I I love it when it's a little bright outside or I just want a little extra stabilization or I'm trying to get critical focus and I'm using manual focus I love to have an EVF. So for me that was
0: And technically speaking, you know, the the A7S3 is your your option at that point if you love the sensor you love everything about it. You know, buying the and the A7S3 has like a crazy good EVF. I know. Um,
1: yeah, it's but, the best one.
0: But then you miss out on some of these other features that I'm I'm interested to hear you talk about cuz the thing that is most fascinating to me about the Sony ZVE1 is kind of the story for Sony and maybe we could kind of make this uh, another topic on the show. Okay. And that is just software, firmware. There's some really interesting firmware going on underneath the hood of the ZVE1 even though it's sharing the very similar, if not identical, A7S three FX3 sensor in this tiny little vlog camera.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So they are doing a really good job. It's one thing that I mentioned in my video. I like that Sony feels like they're actually innovating in our space because most cameras today feel pretty the same, I would say. Um, in terms of like capabilities and it's like you know color science isn't really an issue anymore and they're all pretty good stabilization they all have pretty good image quality and they all have pretty decent lenses except for canon um, <laughs> um so yeah it, it doesn't nothing cameras coming out don't feel as special as they used to the the, the uh, panasonic s5 mark ii did feel special but that's because it was finally getting face detect autofocus the thing that made that camera special was something that has been in other cameras for years so that's kind of weird um
0: <laughs> yeah exactly
1: um i mean that camera was great though like everything they jammed in it for the price i do still think that that's potentially a better choice uh if you exclude lenses than this camera for me because it does have an evf and i like that
0: yeah And it's got the waveforms and the shutter angle and the open gate and all that stuff that makes panasonic so great for video shooters
1: Exactly, um, and and it's cheaper too, which is crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it is two hundred dollars cheaper. You're right, it is. Dual card slot, full size HDMI, you know, all that kind of stuff.
1: But what Sony did to make the ZVE one stand out amongst other cameras um, is the AI applications that they stuck in it. So, obviously, I did mention the um, the audio directional thing, the pickups that it can do. That is driven by AI because. If it does detect a face in the frame, it will understand that it's like, oh, I should be on the front pickup or at least the front pickup, maybe the rear pickup if I'm also talking, which is pretty cool. Another thing that they're doing, which is interesting, although you have to be in full auto mode to get this to work. But if you're in the frame like I am right now, and if you're watching the video, that is I'm in the frame and then let's say it's at F 4.0, you know, ISO, whatever, doesn't matter. Um, And then then suddenly Dave pops into the frame behind me and I'm vlogging and he's like, oh, Dave, and he's kind of like a couple feet behind me, right? For some reason, it'll detect that there's another face and then it'll get to, it'll work its way to like, let's say F8 or F10 so that both of us are in focus while also adjusting the ISO at the same time so that your exposure doesn't change while it's shifting the aperture to make both of us in focus which is pretty amazing. I mean, it's a cool feature. I would I wish it wasn't locked behind auto. Yeah. Cuz that's a little weird. It's like your shutter is also included in that and your white balance. So that's a little annoying. Maybe they'll fix that later, but it is a pretty amazing feature that it's able to do that cuz it's it's basically allowing you for like unknowing circumstances if you are a vlogger, like let's say David Dobrik You know, he's doing a vlog with his buddies and he's, you know, pointing the camera at himself and then his friends doing something stupid in the background and he wants to be able to see it. The camera would be able to detect another person's in the background and then adjust the aperture so that you can still have like both. You don't have to be at F10 so that everything's in focus all the time. It's pretty cool.
0: That's pretty cool. And because the sensor on that thing is so powerful in low light and the ISO performance on the A7S sensor is so good. They can kind of get away with, you know, that compromise of blasting the ISO to make up for the fact that it's shooting at like an F10, even if you're indoors, you know, and it's cranking to F10, you might be able to get away with it because the ISO performance is so good on that camera.
1: Yeah. And um, the ISO, it's not a, um, I was talking to one of the Sony engineers. It's technically not a dual base ISO, which a lot of us have been saying. With the like FX3, for example, it's it's close, it's similar, uh, it's not the same. I guess that's like a technical thing, um, but it does have the 800 base ISO and then they call it a high base with the uh, 12,800 ISO. So it's like it can really crank that ISO and still give you a, a really clean image, which is pretty amazing. I mean, Sony, there really isn't a better ISO performing camera than these Sony cameras, they're nuts.
0: You know, it's interesting, and I, I want to get into some of the more features, but I think what's really interesting about this camera to me is that up until now, there's never been a kind of a no-compromise vlog camera, meaning that, you know, let's be honest, a lot of YouTubers at the higher end have a ton of money, <laughs> so they can afford a $2,000 camera, right? This is not for a beginner YouTuber. This is for a professional uh vlogger which a couple years ago was almost laughable to even say but for all these years vloggers have been shooting on super budget kind of you know basic cameras and i think it's still important for the camera to do a lot of things automatically because many of the big youtubers uh, and I'm not talking about in the filmmaking niche cause we're the exception. This, the, our whole like crowd is definitely the exception because we shoot at the right shutter angle and lock our white balance and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But there are huge YouTubers that shoot, uh, in automatic mode and they kind of do it intentionally to feel rough and dirty and whatever. And they're mm-hmm. using cheap little, you know, point and shoot cameras or like, The G7X was so popular for years with Canon. Sony has the RX100, that little point and shoot. And then obviously the ZV-1, the ZV-E10 were massively successful in their own lane. Canon M50. Canon M50, the new now Canon R50 that we uh, speak so highly of. Yeah, although it's not getting
1: getting as much love as the M50, I don't think. I'm not just talking about my video. Um, it feels like people aren't as stoked on this one because, not to change the subject, but because yeah. of the um, because of the RF mount. Sure, a lot of people are upset because of the lens options.
0: Well, now we have great options like the ZVE10, or now, of course, the ZVE1. But I think that's in a different price category. That's the thing: is that um, the ZVE10 is the same price as the R50, um, and. Yeah, but I do think the R... RF- I actually did a whole comparison with the ZV-E10 with Soundstripe. So be on the lookout for that. My findings were that the R50 is just more modern. It's got USB-C. It's got better color. The, the screen quality is better. It has an EVF. I still think there's value. Like if starting now, if somebody says, hey, I'm starting out, I'd, I have like seven, 800 bucks. I want to buy a camera. Which one should I get? I'm going to... I will point them to the R50, I think, because the sub $1,000 price point... You can buy some lights, a microphone, and the R50 with a kit lens and be done, you know. So you can't say that about most things. But anyways, back to the Z V E one from Sony. I do think this is really interesting because you know, it's kind of in theory a, a bit of a no no compromise vlogging camera. The compromise still being that it is plasticky, it does not have the EVF, it's right. probably not weather sealed at all. It's not,
1: which was amazing um, because it was raining. um the whole time we were there and so i was like wow i can't wait to take this not weather sealed camera out and shoot with it in the rain and it was raining pretty well pretty hard um i was like well you know it's um it's not it's not my camera so you know Uh,
0: but i do think um the plasticiness of it i would imagine makes it very lightweight and small in fact i believe it's categorized as the smallest full frame earless that's correct. yeah Mm -hmm. interchangeable even if, you, even if you are a photographer, potentially just wanting the tiniest uh, of tiniest cameras, this could be an interesting option, I guess. But yeah, I, I just think it's interesting that like the YouTube culture has grown at such a scale to where such a big company like Sony is designing a camera specifically for not just the low-end vloggers, which is probably the larger audience, the larger demographic, but they're making this one, which is for the high-end professional YouTuber. That just tells you how much the industry has changed and maybe even how much pull Justine has with Sony. <laughs> yeah, to that me, might be the truth. Justine camera. <laughs>
1: yeah, that might be the honest truth because I think um, she uses the A7S three still. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to her shooter, uh, Tyler, who's a really cool guy. And I think that was the, um, the camera he said that they're still using. So yeah. it makes sense that... Maybe she collaborated with them more closely than we know. And she's like, I want this sensor in a smaller body. Yeah. Make it happen. And then <laughs> they, they probably did. I mean, I don't know the truth of that story, but it could have happened. There were a few other compromises, though. It's a, I think it's a micro HDMI, which is a bit, yeah. a, a, a bit of a, a sad thing. It's not dual card slot, which is a, a bit of a sad thing as well. But it's not the biggest deal. I mean, I don't know how many times I've ever used dual card slot, to be honest. Um, but it is always nice to have when you do have it. The grip on it, it feels decent. Weirdly, it feels better than other Sony grips that I've used, even though it's kind of tiny. Um, I just personally, it's like a weird, it's a personal thing. I don't personally care for the like A7S three grip. Um, and that style grip is on a lot of their cameras. There's something about it. It's, it's like the, in the divot that like your middle finger sits in. Um, if you use it for a while, it starts to like really rub funny and... Um, Yeah, it's just not it's not my favorite. So this one, oddly enough, felt to me, better in air quotes, just because it didn't hurt (laughs) after a while.
0: (laughs) That's funny. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, so, so you already talked about the audio stuff. Tell me about some of the other amazing AI stuff. Because there's a there's a couple of things here that that are really fascinating that I've never seen before, even from Sony.
1: So one of the things that they did was kind of interesting because it's only a 12 megapixel sensor, right? But it has a option called auto framing. So essentially the concept is, is like if you have a large wide shot and you're by yourself and you want some of that dynamic movement, the camera detects where you are, right? And it crops in on the sensor um, to give you a moving shot and a wider shot. And you can tell it how much you want it to crop just a little bit. a a medium amount, and then a large amount. Um, And then it frames a box around you. Yeah, in the video that you're showing right now, that happens to be mine. Um, uh, It frames the box around you, and then it tracks it with you to give you some movement, in air quotes. It's almost like doing a keyframe in like Final Cut or Premiere Pro, whatever you use.
0: This is a very common YouTuber-y thing to do. In fact, we've done it for years where... You crop in on our your head and like do an awkward like motion track as I'm saying something, you know. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's kind of funny. Doing
0: it in camera.
1: Yeah, it's doing it in camera, so it's saving you from technically having to do it in post. I will say, to be honest, it was a little uh goofy to use. It it didn't seem to work very well it worked it sure it definitely worked but i I know i was testing it with brandon and we were seeing how far we could push it or how he was really testing it uh credit where credit's due and um he was doing like longer walking shots where he had like a really wide shot and he was like walking in from frame and seeing how well it worked and a lot of times it would like cut off the top of his head and some of the sony engineers were there and they were like oh it's your hat Oh, it's your sunglasses. Oh, it's the jacket you're wearing. Uh Uh, And it's like... Or maybe it just doesn't work that well yet. Like, I think it will get better and better. And it's a cool feature. And I love that it's in there. But um, I do think that it needs a little bit more improvement. Where it's more interesting, however, is that same concept is being applied to stabilization, which is something I actually didn't get into in my video. But it does allow you to... um, crop in on the sensor again. So it's almost like a warp stabilizer, which is what Premiere Pro uses, built in on top of the IBIS. So it's all working together to give you a ridiculously stable shot. They're saying it's a gimbal killer. I don't think that's true. Um, (laughs) But that's what they're calling it.
0: GoPro's been saying that for years. Yeah. iPhone with the action
1: mode. Um, It's all that same technology. It's cool. It's useful. Like it's something that I would probably use. But it's not a gimbal killer. That's for sure.
0: Sure, well, so um, and again, I, I will refer people to uh, potentially uh, checking out Gerald Undun's video if you haven't already. He goes over some extreme detail with some of this. Another feature that I saw, and I'm curious to to hear if you've uh, played around with it, is the advancements in the um, in the what's it called the the zooming in, the digital zoom in. What do they call it? Oh, power zoom. Well, power Zoom, but they have clear image zoom is what Sony calls it. It just came to me. Uh, many of you are probably listening to this in your car, shaking your fist in the air. Yeah. And saying, clear image zoom, David. It's clear image zoom. <laughs> so the clear image zoom has been around for a long time. It's I think it was even in the original A7S. And it's always been this weird kind of mojo-y thing. Like I have no idea how it's happening. Uh, a lot of people have tried to figure it out but there's some sort of up resin going on and, and enhancing going on internally to where you can do a digital zoom and it doesn't actually lower the resolution it still stays in 4k and it's it looks like it looks good you, you get a say for example if you're using a 20 millimeter lens you can get an extra 10 millimeters of uh, focal length by zooming in so you can go from a 20 to a 30 mil, digitally, you know, hypothetically. Um, So a a 20 millimeter prime can give you a 20, a 24 and a 30 mil. So that's kind of cool. It's not a huge range, but it's enough um, to be useful. And the problem in the past is that when you use clear image zoom, you lose the ability to track uh, focus. Um, The focus modes kind of go wonky. Well, they've now enabled it so to where there's no disadvantage to using it. So you can still have full face tracking and everything with clear image zoom now. And you can map it to, there's a little zoom rocker on the Sony zve one You can actually map clear image zoom with the zoom rocker on the trigger of the camera. So that means that you could use, the reason I brought up the 20 millimeter is because Sony makes a wonderful little 20 mil prime. It's a F1.8. That one prime has that great aperture, uh, an F 1.8 lens. You can actually use it in a, in pretty much, you know, the majority of the focal lengths you would maybe need and maintain autofocus, be able to zoom from 20 to 30 millimeters and have a F 1.8 aperture. Or if you wanted to, you could even use the wonderful Tamron. I believe it's a 20 to 40 millimeter F 2.8 that my friend Jevin has been using that I know Jesse driftwood has been using This focal length is great. It's an F 2.8, 20 on the wide end, 40 on the telephoto end. It now could basically turn into a 20 to 60 mil, which is kind of like the same amount of zoom range as you get on a 24 to 70 and you get it on this tiny lens. And I personally love 20 millimeters on the wide end. As a YouTuber, you kind of need a little bit extra range beyond 24 millimeters. I feel like for many of us,
1: 24
0: is not enough for the selfie shot. Um, and a 16 to 35 is kind of what most people have tended to use, but sometimes 16 is technically actually a little too wide. So mm-hmm. 20 is kind of the sweet spot, it seems. So anyways, I, th- I, th- I think that's a interesting advancement and that's why you're able to do the zooming in digitally with the tracking. That's why you're able to do the extra, extra stabilization modes. Because there's some sort of magic going on to where even when it's cropping in digitally, it's not losing that resolution. It's still maintaining a clean image. It's still maintaining a 4K resolution. So that's fantastic. Well,
1: um, I to answer your question, I did not use it. Um, I didn't have too much time with the camera, unfortunately. Uh, I, I'm fortunate that I got to use it at all, but um, I didn't I didn't get too too much time with the camera. Yeah. Um, but should we I,
0: pre-order one? You and me, should we buy one of these? I don't know if I want to drop $2,100. Uh,
1: I'm not going to. Um, I plan on picking up a Sony camera here soon because uh, I just want to have my hands in all of them, all the different camera manufacturers, since I'm, I'm kind of stepping into this camera review space. Like, I just think it's only fair to, you know, be using all of the cameras and not staying beholden to one brand per se. But um, that's not probably the one I'm going to pick just because I want an EVF alone if you don't care about an evf it's a pretty solid choice it really is
0: yeah uh tell me about the ai uh autofocus um one of the advancements again is we have the same a7s sensor which everybody loves uh in there and one of the kind of downsides in a way of all these newer cameras like the a7r5 and the a1 and Etc. that have come out is like the people who bought the a7s3 a couple years ago they're seeing the newer advancements in autofocus technology and they're like missing out you know it's like ah oh, shoot i do love this this a7s sensor but dang that a7r5 autofocus the ai autofocus in the a7r5 is insane and i know people like armando fiera have have switched over to that camera many others have as well because the autofocus is so amazing well now that same autofocus is in this cheaper camera. Am I right?
1: I think you are right. Yeah. Um, I also didn't mess with that. I was mostly focused on those few features that were more unique to that ZVE one camera than anything else. Because again, I didn't. I just didn't have much time with the camera itself. But I will say that Armando swears by the A seven R five. He claims that that camera is like the one in a million perfect camera. That's all you need. In fact, my A roll. In my video it was all shot using that camera. He was using his a7R5.
0: I was impressed with the color on your video too. I think whatever LUT or grade you're using, it looks really pleasing.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah, that took me way too long because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I'm not a colorist. Okay. Col- uh, color grading to me is like the th- thing that I dread doing at the very end of my videos. like once my <laughs> edit's done, I'm like, ah, oh, I still have to color. And it's a mixture of a few things. I, some of it is like Cam Mackey's LUTs. And then sometimes it wouldn't look right. So then I would use just like a regular S-Log3 Cine to Rec 709 LUT. And then sometimes okay. that wasn't looking correct. So then I, <laughs> I don't know if it's the Sony colors or I'm just an idiot. And I was doing all this in DaVinci. And so then I started doing like skin isolation because a lot of times the skin was looking very magenta, like very magenta, but not necessarily anything else in the frame looked wrong. Because like yeah. if I pushed it a little bit green then everything else started looking weird. So I started to like play around with the skin isolation and pulling things down and it started to get, it took a long time. So I don't know if that's just a um, uh, a point against Sony or a point against my ability, probably the latter. Um, <laughs> If I'm being honest, because I'm again, I don't I, color and me, we just don't get along very well for some reason. But I'm, I'm glad to hear that you thought the color looked good because it took oh, me a while. It looked
0: great, it looked yeah. very good, man. Um, um, yeah, and uh, well, I mean. <laughs> This leads to a, maybe another discussion for another time. That's why I, I freaking love my C70. I just throw the Stallman LUT on it and I do no work and it looks perfect. <laughs> so that's the thing is like uh, people keep saying oh, color science doesn't matter anymore because you can make anything look like anything. And that's true. But uh, there's also time involved in all those things. So I think in order to get an image that's pleasing out of a Sony, at least for me, maybe it's just because we're ignorant. Um, I think again, it's, I think it's... Hold partly
1: both. The, I think it's this both. Guy. I think if I owned the Sony and I learned how to use it and like I developed my own look for it and then I used that, it would be fine. And then I probably would have something that I can mostly just drag a drop on it and it looks great. Right. But because I don't understand it and I don't know exactly how it plays, that's not the case. Um, the one camera that I have that is that for me, just like you have your C70 for me, it's my Fujifilm. My Fuji film camera, I drop the Rec. seven hundred nine to YDR or even just the Eternal Light on there, and bam, it looks perfect. It Looks great.
0: Yeah. Uh, I will say you look that. you look good right now. Like the, I've, I've been really impressed with the R six Mark II. It looks really pleasing straight out.
1: I will say, yeah, I, I've come to like this camera more and more as I've owned it, uh, which is great. I love that. This is um, I'm just shooting in the portrait mode, and then I took saturation and contrast down a little bit because yeah. I think that it it you know a lot of the Canon profiles are too, too aggressive. Uh, yeah. So I just turn it down a little bit.
0: So yeah, okay. We'll have to test some more. Um, d- does it, do you know if it uh, accepts the little hot shoe thing that they have where you could put like an XLR mic on it and whatnot?
1: Um, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I think so. Um, I think it does,
1: yeah. but I, I'm not going to say it does because I'm not sure.
0: And uh, it's great that it's using the same batteries as the A7S. That is uh, great. So that means you you have. Tons of battery life. Mm-hmm. Um, another big upgrade I know is that they upgraded the touchscreen to now allow you to really manipulate the settings and things, all the things that we're used to from a Canon camera. But for years, people have been begging Sony to allow them to like change the ISO, change the aperture, change the shutter speed, and yeah. interact with the screen. Even it's like, why are we not able to use this? It's literally a touchscreen. Yeah. So they finally. So-
1: It's actually, you're right. I kind of forgot that that was a thing because I'm just used to it on my Canon. I turned on the ZV-E1 and I was like, pop, there it is. Um, Yes, yeah, shutter, aperture, ISO. And all of that swipe awayable too, which is kind of cool. So like if you you don't want to see it on screen, you can literally just swipe it away and the bar goes away um, of all those settings. Uh, And then if you need to come back, you swipe up and then it all appears there again, which is great. Um, That was a very, very welcome upgrade because then I didn't have to, the more I didn't have to go into the menus or map things out, the better. Yeah. Sony menus are still a thing. You can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> Having that camera and I was like, okay, you know, you turn it on, you set it to English, you select the date, boom, shakalaka, we're in business. No, you're not. Everything is in an auto mode. And it's, it's like to turn off the auto mode, you would think it would be just switch it to manual and there you go. Apparently not. There's so many little micro settings that you have to turn off. For in order to like, like for one thing like I couldn't address my white balance for some reason, and I was like, what is, "What's going on?" And I kept trying to figure it out. Every time I would click on it, it would be like, "Cannot change white balance because of this feature." Right? I was like, "Okay, we'll turn it off." But like, if you you can't click into it from huh. there, like at that menu where it's like you can't proceed because of this, I was like, "Okay, we'll turn it off." But there's no button to turn it off. So now you have to, and it doesn't tell you what folder it's in or anything. So you literally just have to sit there and like line by line, do 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 going through the menus, like where's this little dang thing? I need to find it because I want to be able to adjust my settings. And it's like, it was that for a couple different things. Sony menus, they're still a thing. <laughs>
0: um, and I think this leads to kind of the ultimate issue for me with Sony. And I think for even many Sony shooters, it's the inconsistency in their software and in their features. We have all these great new uh, advancements now in this, you know, quote unquote, cheaper A7S and the more expensive and professional A7S 3 doesn't have these features. Many of them are, you know, even just the menu system and the the, the ability to use the touchscreen. I'm sure there's so many uh, filmmakers that would love to have those features, this um the the advancements in clear image zoom, although maybe some of that is processor uh, enabled, you know, with the autofocus, I just feel like if I spent $3,500 on the flagship camera and then a camera like this came out that was cheaper, I'd maybe feel a little uh disappointed. But then again, this might be a little hypocritical because we criticize Canon for kneecapping the cheap cameras. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I was going to there, say there's that.
1: The Sony definitely does have that inconsistency, but at least they're giving you like S-Log3, like all the way up and down the line, you know, whereas Canon, they will only give you S-Log2, which is the one you want in like just the C70 and the C200. uh,
0: Yeah, Canon Log2. Yeah,
1: Canon Log. Yeah, I'm talking about, sorry, excuse me. Canon Log. And they're only giving it to you in select cameras, but S-Log3, they're giving it to you up and down the chain, which is great. So yeah it is annoying that like for the people who purchased like even the a74 you know which came out recently and now all oh, there's these there's these new fancy features in this camera which is even cheaper um, maybe that's a little annoying. I think that maybe they'll start to listen though about these firmware updates I th- it, it, they can't ki- ignore it. I'm not sure if they are ignoring it maybe it's a technical limitation. I know I was talking to one of the engineers and he was saying, it's like, it's not always as simple as like just turning something on. Sure. It's it's like, well, it's, it's, it's much more involved than that, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure it is. I don't know anything about engineering cameras.
0: Okay. PlayStation, figure it out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just make thing do what I want. Um it's maybe. A,
0: Sony is a massive company. They can figure it out. They've got the engineers. <laughs> yeah,
1: they do. Um they can figure it out. You're you're I, I I'm sure that you are correct, but maybe it's it maybe it's gonna take time. But I do think that yeah, eventually yeah. they'll just they'll have to. They, yeah, it just doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, I think um Steve Jobs was quoted at saying it's it's easier, it's easier and more cost effective to keep the customers you have than to acquire new ones. Um and that's why Apple's customer service from the very beginning was always next to none. Their products have long shelf lives. I'm still using my my original iPad Pro, the 12.9 inch iPad Pro that came out in, gosh, I don't even know, 2014 or something. Right. Uh, and it's running flawlessly. I got a firmware update on it recently. It's still up to date you know in in iPhones i mean my my parents used the iphone 5s i think forever and then they just you know they got the the new iphone se2 back in 2020 or whatever i remember that came out during covid and they bought it during covid and so they still have that one and i'm like hey there's another se if you want to if you want an upgrade but they're like no i'm good yeah and they're fine and and apple continues to give them the firmware updates and um, I know for me, when I dropped all the coin on the, uh, on the MacBook, the M1, uh, max and same for you, mm-hmm. like I'm not tempted by the M2 max really at all because the M1 max that I bought last year is so freaking good. Yeah. And I know that they'll, they'll service this probably for the next 10 years. You know, I don't know if I'll keep it that long as my main machine. I probably won't, but there's no telling how powerful and how useful the Apple Silicon will be in the future. Um, I think right now it's more than enough than for what I need personally. So, but there are advancements in technology that are coming with, you know, AI and uh, virtual reality and stuff. So maybe our machines are just going to have to be better um, to keep up with that because there's untold unforeseen things in the future. So um, but As of right now, like this machine can handle 8K, no problem. It can handle 4K video, no problem. And I know that in 10 years, Apple will probably still be doing software on it. So I just wish Sony would do that for their their customers. I think Fuji does a really good job at this. I think Panasonic does a really good job at this, at servicing the customers that they have with fantastic firmware updates. Um, And it just, it seems like Sony doesn't, really do good firmware. They just keep making more hardware, which probably makes them more money potentially in the short term. But in the long term, there may be, you know, causing their customers to maybe be a little ticked off, you know?
1: Yeah. I wonder, I wonder what the, um, there has to be a monetary incentive for them not to. Um, and also since they have all of the YouTubers on their side right now, which provides a, I would say a large influence in the buying market, um, maybe they can right now kind of get away with just making more cameras because the YouTubers are going to come out and they're going to be like, well, look at this. This is great. You should buy it. Um, and the people will, um, I mean, not to say that that's bad or good. It's just what's happening. And so I wonder if they're, they just never, they don't feel the need to update the older cameras, but sure. I think you're right. I think that's a disservice in the long run. And um, Sony, I mean, heck, they just flew all of us out there to um, to the camera camp thing. And uh, one of the things that they do is they have these sit uh, down things with different creators who they know use the cameras. So they didn't invite me, um, <laughs> but um, they it was like Armando went into one with a few different people, and he said it was like an hour and a half discussion with engineers and these Sony reps of just like talking through things of like I, they're like tell us everything you hate basically like what do you not like um they wanted to know that which is great Uh, because if they're asking what they don't like um that means that i would assume they're intending on trying to fix those things yeah um so that means that they're willing to accept feedback which is really exciting um yeah they're humble and they're they're willing to eat a little a little you know i won't say what but they're willing to eat it and uh you know i think that that's that's a good thing it's a it's a good outlook for the future of sony and that's another reason why, I personally, I was like, you know, I think it might be time to pick up a Sony. I think I love Canon, I love Fuji for the things that they bring me, but I think Sony's really been killing it. So I, I think I, I like their company in that way too. I'd like to support that with from a something.
0: From a technological standpoint and from just a capitalistic standpoint, they have completely dominated uh, everything and they're kind of taking over. They're, I think, the number one mirrorless camera now in terms of sales they've i believe uh canon Um, is still number one but in uh overall i think um but as far as I, i believe specifically full frame mirrorless i think sony is number one um if not you know they're pretty dang close but the thing that i've found hearing that they're listening to feedback is really uh interesting because even at the Panasonic well at the Panasonic event in Japan, the people that were there working for Panasonic did ask us for feedback. They're like, Hey, what do you think? You know, what do you like? What do you not like? They, I think they did ask us that, but, right. um, but it wasn't just a general, like, what do you not like? You know, but they also have people like photo Joseph and like Chris Howe that are kind of on a contract with them that are probably giving consulting on that stuff. But that's something that Sony has been doing so well is they really listen to the users and implement those features. And I'll tell you one thing, if Canon flew a bunch of creators out and they were making cameras like this and they were asking those questions, what do you not like? And then not only that listening to what people don't like and actually implementing those things. That's the main thing mm-hmm. it, I'm sure Canon gets a lot of flack and they just ignore it. <laughs> it seems. Um, you know, shoot that they could really, uh, they could really change the game. But, um, at the moment that's not happening. And at the moment I still find the C70 image to be my favorite still. <laughs> so, uh, yep. take it for what it is, I guess. Um, I will say
1: I submitted one feature. Uh, I told Armando when he went in, I said, I have one idea and pass it on for me. Cause I didn't get, you know, in invited into that special room where they get to say things, whatever. Um I said, hey, you gotta tell them that, you know, their cameras have Bluetooth capabilities, right? And these Sony headphones I'm wearing have Bluetooth capabilities, right? You know where I'm going with this.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. You're
1: I was like, forward. why yeah. I was like, why don't they work together? Why don't they why don't they communicate? Um I did end up talking to an engineer afterwards um about that idea because Armanda told the same guy. So we were talking about it and he says, it's not as easy as that because he said it basically it needs a dedicated chip, a Bluetooth tip, chip for that to work. They're kind of like, well, where do you put it in? And then also once you do, it's kind of all it does and it, and it, it's a heat generator as well. So he said, it's not quite so easy. I was like, well, you could make the camera a little bigger. Like I wouldn't care
0: or make have it that a, feature. Make it one cool. of those hot shoe accessories, you know, that you just stick on the top there's ah. just like a little, a little plastic thing. You just stick it on top and then it creates a Bluetooth headphone signal. I would love that.
1: Yeah. Or even it could just like be a little thing that you plug into the headphone jack. So it's like an adapter and then bam. Well,
0: the, well those already exist. Or
1: though. the mic jack. Um, I have, They do for cameras?
0: Yeah. You just plug it into a headphone out jack and you can use your Sony headphones Bluetooth. Oh,
1: well, what do you know? I learned something. Although it would still be nice if it worked. Without it's a little anything.
0: dongle thing yeah yeah exactly uh wireless
1: uh caleb pike of course
0: yeah he did a whole video on it right here see Look uh, at that picture. check it out wireless headphones no more cables three years ago connor this has been around for a while for three listen
1: years. dave i'm not like you okay i don't just sit here on youtube all day watching tech reviews it's maybe i should
0: 30, it's 30 bucks <laughs> maybe you should get one of these huh give it a try I'll send you a link. Okay. Yeah. Send it my way. Um, cool. Well, I had other things to talk about, but I think that's pretty solid for today because, um, you know, this camera is pretty hot topic right now. And I wanted to just hear your thoughts about it. Mm. Um, it's also late. It's getting late. <laughs> yeah. Um, well here, let me, let me just end it with one quick thing. Okay. So as many of you guys know, I, I am working with Soundstripe, um, consulting and co-hosting with them and, and doing gear reviews there. So if you're not already subscribed to the Soundstripe channel and you want to see the traditional kind of Dave Mays style of videos, I am doing a lot of that there. But I still have a review channel as well. It's the David Altizer 2 channel or the Dave Altizer Reviews channel. Um, and I posted my s 52 review there. And my kind of strategy and and thought with that is it's just an outlet for me to post things that I'm interested in genuinely, and I don't have to play the algorithm game. I'm not interested in being a full time, you know, gear reviewer like I used to be, but I am interested in talking about things that I am genuinely interested in. And the S5 was, you know, no exception that was like, obviously Japan was super fun, The camera itself was revolutionary for the industry. So there's a lot to say. There's a lot to talk about. Um, And then to be fair too, guys, I have to make money sometimes. And there are companies that uh, want to pay me to talk about things. And I'm always, you know, as open and honest as I can about that. Um, But I don't say yes to just random stuff. Like I will only say yes to something that I genuinely find uh, value in and, and I'm interested in. And Zion reached out to me, or, or uh, Zhu Yin, I think is how you're supposed to say it, um, about this cool light that came out called the X100. And then there's another light that I'm actually using to light myself right now with mm-hmm. called the G60. I
1: wonder. Um, I wonder if they called it an X100 because it looks a lot like an X100V from Fujifilm.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it looks like it's a, a camera. So I think the reason, one of the main reasons they called it the X100 is because it's a 100-watt light.
1: Oh, okay. That um, makes
0: sense. And so uh, if you go to the David Altizer 2 channel or um, David Altizer Reviews, you can um, find my recent video review about – or sponsored video about the uh, X100 and the G60. Uh, that went live last week. And the intro is super fun, and, and I had fun making it. Um, I did some magic tricks in there, and then my my boys are also involved in a way, and I have my guitar, and I kind of do some crazy stuff. Have you seen this, Connor?
1: No. I, I didn't get the notification. Okay. What? No I'm notific- subscribed. I'm subscribed. I'm subscribed.
0: Yeah. So um, I had a lot of fun shooting this. Uh, I just shot it around my neighborhood here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And the, the cool thing about this, um, this light is, I mean, just look at it. If you're watching the video, it is this tiny, tiny little light that can totally fit in your pocket um, and it's battery powered and it's 100 watts. Um, lighting is not that interesting to me. I, I hate to admit it. I'm not one of those creators that does reviews on lights because lights are just lights at the end of the day and they're not that interesting but to me when i was offered this opportunity to to do a sponsored video with julian um and they showed me a picture of these things i was immediately interested in this and i find it to be a very solid and great all-around um kind of system uh the x100 is a 100 watt light and it's i'm literally holding it in my hand it's about the size of my iphone uh You know, for reference, the Aperture One Hundred and Twenty D was one of the most popular lights for several years for many creators, and that was one hundred and twenty watts. Right. This isn't far off from an aperture, and it's literally the size of my iPhone. How does it manage?
1: um, How does it manage heat then?
0: Well, I mean, look. If you're again, if you're looking at the video, the entire device is essentially just a cooling device. (laughs) So, oh, okay. It's you can kind of see like how ventilated it is it's a cob which is a um basically uh just a bunch of leds crammed together to make a very very bright source um and uh the, the it's just got a heat sink and a fan built into it right on the back and so this thing is not you know weatherproof um it's not it's not super rugged either to be honest it's a little plasticky um but what's really cool is it comes with all these little accessories. And if you're watching the video, you can see it, it comes with this tiny cute little softbox.
1: <laughs> that was adorable the way that thing just opened up.
0: Wasn't that cool? Okay. Yeah. I'll just kind of adjust my exposure here a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, with my camera cuz it got so dark. Okay. So, these tiny little accessories that come with it, um I've got a little little softbox. So that this right here, this little kit, I mean, as you know, Connor, you know, when we've shot weddings with our good friend, Jim cook, he always does like a whole sequence where people are dancing during the reception. Mm-hmm. And he has like a little light. He used to use one of those big grid lights with like a V lock battery on it. And he would use that to light people. Mm-hmm. And now I think he just uses those tiny little like aperture, those little pocket lights.
1: Yeah. That's what he uses.
0: Um, but this like, can do the same thing as well and you have a, like a little softbox. uh but what's crazy is this is again it's a hundred watts so you know i don't know if you guys know much about lighting but a 100 watts is quite a bit especially for a little battery-powered light um so if you're watching the video you can see it has this tiny little uh, accessory it's basically uh it's a literally light. a
1: battery grip
0: it's it's yeah <laughs> It's a glorified, um, iPhone, you know, battery, uh, bank, uh, and you can't actually use it to charge your phone or whatever. It's got a USB-C out, but it's got a proprietary little connector on it and you can plug it into your light. And now your light, 100 watt light with a tiny little portable softbox is able to go out on the road and you can use this to light your subjects, to do photography with, to, um, use like in the daylight, which is what I was using it for. So if you watch my video, you can see how um, I was actually filming in the middle of like the harshest hour. You know, it was like two o'clock in the afternoon and I was actually blasting my face with these 100 watt lights and it was able to keep the exposure correct um, in this particular scene. And I actually did a little example showing what the lights would look like or what the scene would look like without the light. And you can see when I turn it off, it's just very shadowy, very contrasty. And because the sun is so bright at this time of day, you need a bright source in, in order to fill that properly. And typically these small portable lights are just nowhere near bright enough to, to pull that off. But now with this 100 watt light, you can do it. Um, and then the Z, the G60 are, are really cool. They're these little white lights, it looks like a um, Komodo. Yeah, I, I mentioned how I love how these look. They look like little stormtroopers. Um, yeah. But the, the only kind of downside with those is that they don't have any type of little battery solution uh, like the X100. So, um, But they, it does have a USB-C port on the side. So you can use any standard, like I have an Anker uh, USB-C charger so you can, or a battery bank. You can use any of those to power you could, it.
1: Um, you could use a V-mount system just get like a little V-mount thing that you can hook on a C-stand yeah. and then battery in or whatever you want to do. Yeah, but That, I mean, that could work. You,
0: yeah. If you already have some of that stuff, I mean, I, I wouldn't recommend getting that just for that only purpose. If you happen to have them, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, because the, a traditional bank, a battery bank is going to be way cheaper. Um, but uh, depending on the battery output, um the battery, the 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 light can be used on both. By the way, you can USB C power both of these lights, and it's it's really smart because like, if the battery bank that you're using doesn't have enough output, you can still use it with the light, but it just won't go to hundred percent. So, um, my particular battery bank with the G60, I was able to go to like I think eighty percent, um, and that's just because this particular battery bank just doesn't have the enough output. But there are some out there that have that, so make sure you you research that if you want 100. percent But it does come with uh, an AC wall power, you know, which is what I've been using this whole entire interview. Um, it's just plugged into the wall with the with the power bank. Um, so yeah, so I have a softbox here off to my left, and then a one of these little um, kind of soft, you know, silicone like soft bulbs. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, And then another cool accessory with these is that they make a traditional Bowens mount adapter as well, which allows you to use, again, because it's a 100 watt light, if you use the Bowens adapter, which you can see in the video, if you're watching, that allows you to literally put your traditional aperture giant softbox on it. So I saw some of the reviews. I personally don't own uh, one of those. Um, But that allows
1: you to have a nice large source again.
0: Yeah, exactly. With that bright output, so right. um, I've seen some people do some. Exa- I, I don't. I'm not seeing any here with the. Uh... Oh yeah, this guy here. So this guy, Mark Bennett, he has a great video here showing. Like this is a 100 watt light that he's holding. It's a traditional giant one, and then this is the Zycrane, uh light. Or it's not crane anymore because there's no craning going on here. That is a. I mean,
1: that is a really slick looking light. I know you brought it um, on one shoot that we did c- yeah. a couple couple weeks back now. When it wound. Yeah. Um, And I, I, I didn't really get a good look at it, but um, checking out your video and, and everything else, it looks really good.
0: So here's YC Imaging showing it on a traditional light dome.
1: I saw him at a camera cam. It was good to see him.
0: So in this video, you can see him using like all the traditional mounts that you would use for aperture lights or, or anything like that. Um and, and because it's 100 watts, it gives you enough output to actually make that feasible. Um, now, the only kind of downside is that, you know, it is a Zhiyun product. Um, so they're a little plasticky and they're not cheap. I don't think uh, $350.
1: I mean, what is an aperture 120D? Or, or, sorry,
0: sorry, sorry, excuse me. $250 uh, for the light only. The combo set includes the battery and the uh, Boy, so you adapters. Don't, you
1: don't get a battery without the combo set?
0: Yeah, the standard set comes with your traditional like wall outlet mm. uh, power adapter and a mini reflector, um, and then you can use a bat. You can use your anchor battery solution over USB C, yeah, uh, as a battery option. Or if you want to go up to the combo set that comes with the uh, battery, a Bowens mount adapter, and um, a uh, you know all that. Kind uh, that's
1: that's nice for three fifty. What is the uh...
0: that comes with? The uh the softbox, which I have here.
1: What is the uh, what is a one hundred and twenty D cost though?
0: I don't think they're doing the one hundred and twenty D anymore because they have, um. So aperture like a three hundred D is like nine hundred bucks, but they have the um. What's their cheap company? Oh,
1: uh, Amaran.
0: Amaran, or Amaran?
1: Yeah, is it Amaran or Amaran?
0: Amaran. So they have two options. They have a 60D, which would be equivalent to the uh, G60, uh, the little stormtrooper, and then they're selling the 200D, uh, and then they have oh here's here's the 100D. So okay. this would be your kind of closest comparison, actually, and it's uh twenty five dollars cheaper, but it's bigger, you know.
1: Uh, it's a it's seventy five dollars cheaper, isn't it? It's two fifty for the other one
0: oh yeah yeah I thought it was 199 yeah You're right so
1: it's, it's 75 bucks cheaper so quite a I would say I would say substantially cheaper considering the price just talking percentages here however the form factor of the June Zion yeah how do you say it? Whatever. Zhiyun. Yeah. Zhiyun, um uh the Julian um light form factor is way more appealing um which is pretty it's it's snazzy looking like I, I do dig it a lot so if yeah if you can fork over an extra uh, chunk of change it could and be I, a good pickup
0: i have a feeling that these will get discounted over the years um oh surely z, z- crane has in the past you know heavily discounted their products so if this is uh, of interest to you maybe add it to your wish list and just to keep an eye on it because i bet i bet it'll go down to like 199 at least um maybe even closer to that 100d price point um but yeah, so like here's here's the little reflector with the little bulb that goes on it. Um, so I've got I've got these, and I've got the the G60. The G60 is cheaper, uh, quite a bit cheaper. Um, let's see, what is it? The G60 costs. Um, is it one eight nine? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, it's well, not quite a bit cheaper. It's actually, not. It's only fifty dollars cheaper. I would say. I'd say if you can afford it, go up to this one. It's not that much bigger, mm-hmm. and it's much more versatile. So, um, And they are daylight and tungsten uh, you know, color balance, so they're bi-color. They're uh, they, bi-color. Don't, they don't do uh, RGB. They just do uh, daylight and Man, not, tungsten.
1: Not the biggest deal. I mean, uh, a good bi-color light is really what you need for the most part. RGB is fun for later when you want to accent things or whatever. Uh, was, that's
0: cool there was a funny moment in the video um i actually was like adjusting the the light if you're watching the video right now you can see i took i took the thing off and see how i placed the light the light was still turned on and i put it on my jacket right there as i was holding it and it burned my jacket and it wow. burned a hole in my jacket so that is quite a, a hot light and i was like ah, oh, well and then you could see like some of the plastic from my jacket on the light <laughs> and i was like well at least um at least it didn't start a a fire yeah and it hard cuts to me sitting in front of a fire (laughs) nice that's great that was a fun little great like i added some more sticks and the fire was going crazy back there yeah and then i had like a a laying down shot in my backyard as well which was fun um and then there's a, a fun little cameo with my kids at the end um that's me filming by myself laying down. But yeah, my, my kids have a little cameo at the end, which is pretty funny and, and super cute. So I highly recommend everybody checking it out. Uh, give me a view, give me a like and a comment. I'd appreciate it. Yeah, so I, I usually don't say yes to light videos because there's just so many lights, but I've truly never seen anything like this. I think this is pretty unique and uh, pretty interesting, interesting technology. So X100G60 from Yin, although... They may be the first to do this now, but we'll see what Amaran does next. They may they may have something very similar yeah. coming out at NAB or something. Who knows?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. They all every company copies each other in this space. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that sounds like a a good place to end it. What do you think, Dave?
0: I agree, man. We got that nice chill yeah.
1: outro music. Back in the elevator.
0: Yeah, man. Well, thanks for sharing all of your uh, information about Sony Camera Camp with us. Yeah. It was really fun. It was yeah, fun it was- to listen to uh, and, and hear about your time there.
1: Absolutely. It was a great time. Well, I hope that you all enjoyed this podcast. Be sure to rate the podcast on whatever application you are listening on, or if you're on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe with notifications turned on so you don't miss the video like I missed Dave's video. Whoopsie. <laughs>
0: yes, and your uh, weekly reminder to check out the chapters. If you haven't already in whatever podcast player you use, it's probably there. Or uh, if you're using Spotify, go into the description and you can skip around through the chapters. It's a great way to skip around. If you don't find certain things interesting, or you want to go back and find another moment that you missed uh, from a past episode. Should we also mention uh, the ads in this yeah. one, Connor? Yeah, I might as
1: well. Uh, you may have noticed if you're listening on a audio podcast service, we are doing ads now. Um, one ad so far, um, it's a Spotify ad, um, kind of fun to record that actually. Um, hopefully that's not a big deal for you guys. Um, the, the goal of this is to make money. Um, hopefully, uh, so far we've made $0 lately. Which is a, uh, a bit unfortunate. No, but, we, um,
0: we've made forty dollars with the ads now that we turned on. Great, and twelve dollars on YouTube. So that's a total of fifty bucks. Not bad.
1: That's right. Uh, it's going to pay for the coffee for this show. Um, yeah, we're we're hope it's not too much of an inconvenience. Um, we're we are trying to to play around with this, and so feedback is always welcome. Um, the plan is to keep going with this, and hopefully um get some cooler like some cool sponsorships as well and some things that we're actually interested in that hopefully you guys would be interested in so yeah yeah hopefully hopefully it's not too much of a bother
0: that's right everybody so we're gonna do our best to uh make the ads as relevant as possible and as entertaining as they can be um but obviously i hope you guys understand we are trying to make a living here with the show and um we haven't been able to figure that out yet so uh if you have any ideas, let us know.
1: <laughs> to be honest, though, we do genuinely enjoy doing this, um, yeah. and we try to do it weekly. So that's the reason we've been doing it this whole time. Um, but we were, we were talking about it, and we're like, well, um, just to be open with y'all. Uh, we are like, it, it would be good if this did start making money, not necessarily to just make money, because money's great, but also just to keep the show going. Uh, cause the longer it doesn't make money, the more likely we are just to have to can it because <laughs> that's just the nature of how this stuff works. So we want to k- keep the show going. So we need to make money. Um, so we're just trying to figure that
0: out. And in an ideal world too, I have in my mind, this kind of fantasy of having a studio with multiple cameras, with, you know, camera operators, with live switchers, with, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, really like a, a f- full, a full thing doing a full thing. I, I That would be really cool. If at a certain point it would make sense to go to that stage. Um, then again, the majority of our listeners are listeners and you're listening to this on your podcast player of choice and not watching the YouTube video. So we're going to continue to experiment with YouTube, with the YouTube uh, system and getting into clips and whatnot. Um, so yeah, we'll obviously be sharing that information as we go. And, uh, Yeah, by the way, again, reminder if you're going to NAB, please reach out to me or Connor. Let us know you're going to be there. We'd love to meet you. Feel free to come up, even if we're talking to other people or whatever. Just don't even worry about interrupting us. We'd love to meet anybody who listens to the show, especially somebody that listens this far into the end of the show.
1: 100%. We really appreciate it, guys.
0: Yes. All right, guys. I've been, uh, I have been. And still, still I am and will continue to be David Altizer
1: for now. And, uh, I am and have been, and always will be Connor McCaskill.
0: All right, guys. Thanks again for being here and we'll see you next week.
1: All right. Take it easy guys.
0: Bye.